Lisa! Lisa! It's me, Ronaldo. Ronaldo! Yes, I am Flamenco Flamingo. And it all started with the dancing shoes you bought me. Why didn't you tell me? I tried to write, but I didn't know what state you lived in. It's a bit of a mystery, yes. But if you look at the clues, you can figure it out. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we are here to review episode DABF10. It is episode 15 of season 13. It is the one where they go to Brazil. Blame it on Lisa. I'm Dando. I am Guy. Yes, and yes, this episode might be titled Blame it on Lisa officially, but really we all know it as the one that gives Hank Azaria a lot of excuses to do his Latin accent. We just spoke off the air. You said you. I get the impression you didn't like this episode. I get the impression you just don't like the episodes where they go to other countries because you didn't like Bart versus Australia either, which. Astonished me. Like I, I nearly hit the floor when I when I heard you say that you didn't like Bart versus Australia all that much. Mm, I, I don't recall sort of being that vocal about any dislike for Bart versus Australia. Oh, you just well, you just sort of implied that you thought the stereotypes weren't that funny and they were just playing it up too much. And I'm like, well, that's the joke, though. I guess, so. and that's what. That, that's where a lot of negativity comes from this episode, saying, oh, Brazil's nothing like this. It's like, yeah, but they, yeah. Fuck, they know that. I was, about, joke. I was about to say, you know who agrees with me about blaming on Lisa? Brazil! Um, yeah. <laughs> Rio! But, I mean, there was, there, was also, there was also Karens in Australia in 1995 when Bart was Australia first aired saying, don't we're not really like that. <laughs> and But in that review, we were the ones saying, yeah, but that's the joke, though. That, the joke is that it's not actually like that. I don't watch this and go... Oh yeah, that's. I'm not going to go to Brazil now. That's what it's like. I mean, if you if you are actually from Brazil and you watch this and were offended by it and thought the people aren't going to come to Brazil because they've watched an animated cartoon, then your country's got more issues than what you think. Yeah, there's there's stereotypes and then there's taking it to extremes, which uh, yes, Bart versus Australia did. I'm, I'm oh look, I've never been to Rio, I've never been to Brazil, but I'm assuming that Blame It on Lisa does the same thing. It uh, yeah plays up the stereotypes to an almost absurd, in fact an almost absurd, let's say a certainly absurd degree. I don't know, I think my problem with it wasn't that I was offended on behalf of the uh, of the people of Rio de Janeiro or the Brazilian population, just that it was, uh, I don't know, not that much of an interesting story and, you know, the jokes weren't that good. That was probably my issue with it. For me, like, I hear you say that, but, like, I remember we reviewed the episode Kill the Alligator and Run. Mm-hmm. And that's the episode that many people say is the worst episode ever. And you were like, what are those people talking about? There's so much to laugh about this. What do you think was different about that episode that you really enjoyed that wasn't existent in this one? Look, it's a, it's a good question. I may have to go back and revisit that and sort of watch these two back to back. Yeah, there was just a lot in... I mean, look, there were a lot of jokes in this. They were clearly sort of... They did the work. I mean, they wrote a script that was had a beginning, a middle and an end and it packed jokes into it. And, you know, it was about Brazil, so they packed a lot of Brazilian flavour into it. None of which I just found... Not, sorry, that's being a bit excessive most of which I didn't find you know, particularly humorous or appealing. I think the characters, uh, they, well, first of all, the, the core character of The Simpsons kind of, I don't know, they didn't play to their strengths in some regards or they overplayed uh, the worst aspects or the laziest aspects of them. I thought Bart was sort of given not really much of a role in this episode. Not a whole lot. Yeah, look, it was primarily a Homer episode, but it wasn't really... The Homer that you kind of like. It was, um, yeah, kind of a kind of a bland Homer, or, or 
a lot, a lot of different aspects or a lot of different sort of uh, traits thrown into the mix that didn't necessarily add up to a coherent or cohesive character. That's for okay. rend- a rendition of Homer, at least for, for my life, for my uh, from my point of view. Well, I I actually had a lot of fun with this episode yeah. personally. I thought it was I laughed quite a bit. I I mean, it's not perfect, mm. but. I thought the first act set up the story quite well. Yeah. You know, it gave us a reason to go to Brazil. Is it that the whole, the, the, I'll tell you the negative in a minute. So mm-hmm. I thought they set up the story well. They gave us a reason to go to Brazil. And there's a negative to that, which I'll get to in a second. Yes. The second act was purely just so the writers could get all the stereotypes out of their system, mm-hmm. which is what they do when they go to another country in mm-hmm. every episode. Yes. And the third act, I thought, blended the two together. I actually really enjoyed Homer getting kidnapped and becoming friends with his kidnappers. <laughs> Actually, look, Dando, when you put it that way, you make a lot of sense. I mean, it does have a very solid, if conventional, structure, which, uh, yeah, look, I think I think uh, everyone appreciates. Everyone appreciates sort of walking into a well-built house that you feel like is not going to fall down around your ears. And this has that. But at the same time, I, it, it felt like a fairly sort of um, anonymous and blandly decorated house for mine, even if it did have that kind of Portuguese feel to it or that Brazilian feel to it. I mean, look, there were there were parts of that that I liked, certainly. You know, taking the mickey out of um, just the exuberance of Rio or, or Brazilian culture and um, the somewhat, I don't know, raunchy nature of, of the life over there. Yeah, that, that was all quite enjoyable. Look, as, as we go and as we sort of uh, pick the episode apart, you know, you'll probably draw me out of my shell a bit and go, oh, actually, that was okay. Or, hmm, now you put it that way, better than I thought. But look, on, on first impression, I was kind of like, hmm. This is okay. Yeah. Look, I don't want to be Debbie Downer, and I certainly hope the listeners out there aren't going, God, this is going to be a depressing episode. It probably won't be. I imagine I will um, find something to be cheerful about. And Dando, he is, uh, you know, often cheerful enough for the both of us. So stay listening, please. It's not going to be bow, bow all the way through. <laughs> the only sort of negative I had from this was that when Homer says at the end, the, the ending I thought was just flat, but he says, no matter how bad I screw up, you, mm. uh, you always bail me out, right? So that, to me, represents, from a writer's perspective, or from a viewer's perspective, I should say, why we can't get invested in anything dangerous anymore. Because Homer's in a... If this was season four, right, and Homer's being kidnapped, right, yeah. they would make it so that he's in actual danger and you would sort of not fear for his life because you know he's not going to be killed, but it, you would sort of go, oh, what's going to happen here to Homer? But when Homer, the character, is enjoying himself, as much as I enjoyed it, but he's not sort of portraying it as it's any big deal because he knows, ah, it doesn't matter. Marge is going to bow me out anyway. Yeah. There's no sense of sort of... There's no sense of danger in the show anymore when it comes to things like that. I mean, there's an episode from like season two, uh, One Fish, Two Fish, Blowfish, Blue Fish, I think it's called, where he gets the Fugu Fish, Fugu me. <laughs> and he thinks he's going to die. And the, the emotional beat of that episode is just like he's spending his last few days on Earth and you think, like, it really hits you, it pulls a heartstrings, really hits you yeah. hard, right? Well, especially when you think he's, he's died, but he hasn't, and he wakes up, and he's, he's really, really happy, and he's going to have a new lease on life. That kind of thing can't happen anymore, because Homer's just like, meh. Because, I mean, now, but, right, for example, like yeah. when, he had a tri- when he had a triple heart bypass, right, mm-hmm. he thought he could die, and, as, and all the kids were sad, and they were crying. When now Homer's have a triple heart bypass, in season 13, he would most likely go, meh, whatever, yeah. it's just an afternoon. It just brushed it off like it's no big deal. There's no sort of, there's no real emotional beat to the episodes anymore. Yeah, look, I don't think there was ever going to be any um, real risk of the Simpsons bumping off Homer, even in those episodes you're talking about. So I get the feeling. Yeah. I mean, you and you know that we all know that, but at the same time, the the writing is strong enough, and our connection is strong, and as subsequently, our connection to Homer is strong enough that we're kind of like, 
we're along with him for the ride. It'd be like, oh man, it would suck for, you know, this family to lose their patriarch, for Homer to exit the scene, leaving behind the ones he loves. That would, and, you know, you would be able to relate to that as a viewer. So there's that. A drama can sort of get away with those kind of things where it's like, you know, we might bump off this character and that would, you know, increase the dramatic stakes for the other characters. In a sitcom, I don't think you're going to do that. We've talked in the past about how a sitcom is basically a reset for the most part, unless an actual cast member dies and they have to sort of completely rejig the series. But essentially, no, a sitcom is going to go back to um, back to square A or square one at the, uh, at the end of every episode. That's part of the appeal. The other thing that, that you brought to mind just then, talking about how when you talked about how oh, you guys will always bail me out. It feels like it's not out of a sense of love for Homer, but more just a sense of obligation. It's like, oh, you guys really cared about me. Thanks so much. Oh, God, I love you guys. Now, look, I'm not a huge fan of that kind of simpering kind of stuff, but this was going to, I know you guys will bail me. I was like, okay, then why do we, why do we care? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's what I was trying to get at. Yeah, it's hard to get invested now. Yeah, it feels like Homer being not ungrateful for what he's got, but take, perhaps taking it for granted. And maybe that sort of bleeds over into the way we view it as well, or maybe the way I view it at least. I just want to touch on your pronunciation of granted. Well, fine. I say granted. <laughs> Well, you say potato and I say potato, <laughs> which makes me a great fun when I go to the grocery shop and they say, nobody says potato, fuck off. <laughs> you also touched on Brazil being angry about mm. this episode. I can understand there would be some people there that would be annoyed by it, but I don't think anyone's watching this, like I said, and, and not going to Brazil as a result of The Simpsons. They're not watching this as a but, travelogue, no. <laughs> no, but they thought that it was going to have a real big effect to the point where James L. Brooks had to actually make a formal apology I saw, to yeah. Brazil. <laughs> One thing I also wanted to point out, Teleboobies, right, was a play on a show hosted by a singer, pop star, I believe her name is like, it's X-U-X-A. Like, Zusha. Zaxa? Zusha. Zusha. Right? I looked up her show. She did an American version of her show as well, mm-hmm. right? And there was a clip of the Olsen twins as guest stars when they were just in full full house fame, right? <laughs> yeah. They would have been about, I don't know, five or six. And they're singing a song called I'm the Cute One. It is something else, mate. It is something else. <laughs> The fact that this aired on television, it is well, it is so bad. I highly recommend checking out Olsen Twins' I Am The Cute One on, how do you pronounce her name? Zaxa? Zusha. Zusha. Look up, so X-U-X-A, Zusha Show, mm. the American one with the Olsen Twins. It's horrendous. Oh dear. <laughs> well, just as I often say, hey, I'm going to put something online for the uh, for the punters, maybe you should do it this time, Dan. Don't track Yeah, I definitely should. Get to YouTube and uh, and share it, with the, uh, share it with the patrons, share it with the world. Hey, my favourite. What is your favourite moment, Mr. Davis, from this episode? Listeners of the show are, of course, of course, know that I'm very partial to a good collar tug, a bit of the... And, um, and of course, Homer did one this episode. Very brief, but still cracked a smile 100%. And also, I, I like the exchange when uh, they finally go to the um, the orphanage that, uh, that Ronaldo has skipped out on. And, uh, you know, the nun is saying, oh, every day we light a candle for another. Have you tried looking for him? That is Plan B. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked. I really liked. Uh, she hung up on me. What did I do? Because <laughs> we've all hung up on a telemarketer before. Now I, I do. No- I, I do nothing <laughs> but hang up on telemarketers. I also enjoy the uh, Burton only left it to your imagination, <laughs> <laughs> and the Spanish or the sorry, sorry the Brazilian yes man. I, that's <laughs> right. Yes, man made a comeback and uh, and speaking Portuguese and stuff. See, 
<laughs> but it was it wasn't actually the yes man though. It was just his it was his Brazilian cousin. Can't, can't, can't. <laughs> oh, so he he hasn't relocated to uh to Rio and started a new career as a mate to D or whatever he was doing. Exactly. And my favorite moment of the entire episode was Homer's phone call exchange. <laughs> Mr. Burns. Well, how about you just work it off? No deal. Mo, I need 50 grand. No, I need 50 grand. <laughs> Fine, I'll get you 50 grand. Flanders, I need 100 grand. <laughs> I just really enjoyed that. But all right, enough about favorite moments. It's time for some trivia. Next question. You there, eating the paste. First question from you, Mr. Davis. What do you got for me? How, uh, how long did Ronaldo's shoes last? As in how many songs? Well, they lasted long enough for him to do something in them. Is eight, eight comes to mind. No? Oh, a bit more than that. Okay. <laughs> How many? A thousand? <laughs> a thousand sambas. A thousand sambas. Okay. <laughs> My first question is, where is the movie guy taking his date? Oh. Oh, did or he where, say it? Where, 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 where is the date screening, according to, to movie guy? Oh. It says Springfield, rem- Cinema 6, with a case of brief oh, nudity. <laughs> I remember that the, the date was going to be rated R for brief nudity. Yes. Of course <laughs> you remember the nudity. <laughs> Your next question. My next question. What uh, does Homer's USA t-shirt say? Oh, it's, something, it's like, oh, fuck. It was pretty funny, that, wasn't it? Mm. It's was basically like, you can't take us on. What is it? Try and stop us. Try and stop us. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's so good. <laughs> My next question is, mm-hmm. what is the name of the orphanage? Oh. What's oh, what's like the program? No, I've forgotten. I'm sorry. I saw it and I can see it in my mind's eye, but my mind's eye is not wearing its glasses, so I can't see it. <laughs> so I noticed it on the VHS tape. It's the little write-offs. <laughs> oh, yeah. I looked up because I was writing a note and I looked up. I could see a tape going in, and but Dis- I was watching it on Disney+, Plus, which was sort of acting up a bit. I thought, what is I, with your Disney Plus acting out? Like, what? Why can't you just? What is with your internet? Why can't you just watch television? My internet <laughs> works pretty well. Disney Plus is the problem. I'm not the problem. But why? Why? You're the only person I know who has an issue with Disney Plus. I've no idea. Sometimes it works great, and sometimes when um, I really need it to work, it takes its time. So um, that's, that's like I've never ever since I've had Disney Plus had it buffer ever. It's bizarre. Okay, well, I have buffers. And um, just, it, just, it took me ages me. to get this episode loaded. And <laughs> when it crazy. finally. It just astounds me. Yeah, when it finally started rolling, I'm like, I'm not going to stop this forward momentum. I'm sorry. Dando's probably going to ask me a question about that videotape. I won't know it. I'm not going back. <laughs> <laughs> and you did. Uh, what's your next question? Uh, when Homer is kidnapped and being taken down the Amazon, there's a bag over his head. What does that bag smell like? Cinnamon. Cinnamon. I love that he put the bag on there himself. Take that <laughs> take bag that, off your head. <laughs> take that bag off your head. <laughs> I've got a couple more questions. So Try me. What is the name of the book that Lisa is reading on the plane? Who Wants to Be a Brazilianaire? Yes, yeah. well played. Very good. Yep. <laughs> Let me see if I can find any other questions here for you, just in case I do have any. Um, All right, I'll ask another one while you try to find one. Oh, what, okay. okay. Here you go. Hit me. You got one? Uh, what is the title of the Itchy and Scratchy episode? Ooh, uh, Par for the Corpse. Par for the Corpse. Yeah. I won't lie, I did look at my notes. I've actually got two more questions. Can I just ask them quickly? Two more questions? Of course. All righty. So what can Marge buy with $1,200 or $1,100, whatever it was? He goes, okay, that will get you this or this. 
Homer. When they when they, they ask for fifty grand and all they can gather up mm. is twelve hundred bucks. Oh, um, it can get a leg or what yep. they call a mystery bag. <laughs> <laughs> well, what would you if you were a kidnapper? What would you put in the mystery bag? Oh, look, it'd have to be. I don't think you'd go the whole ear, but you might go an ear. The ear is a fucked up one, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I, I reckon, yeah. I think if I found it, or what about like a nose? Like if you oh. knew that, so is this someone that you knew had their nose cut off? Like that's fucked. Yeah, that's nah, that's fucked. Um, and I think, like think fingers. Not that, not that you, you would lose. Like, you, can live, you can live without fingers, but nose, man. Yeah, no, I'd, I think that'd just be too too messy, and also uh, too much of a medical problem for your kidnappers. Yeah. I think, you know, they can sort of... You cut off someone's ear, you just wrap a, a, a bandana around their head, all that kind of business. But uh, a nose, you started getting into the breathing, breathing territory, uh, heavy infection territory. You could you could lose your investment or you could ruin your investment. So, um, look, I'm thinking maybe like a pinky or a, not even the whole ear, but like the lobe. I think, yeah, little parts. Yes, yes. Parts, so, uh, pieces. Parts, pieces. <laughs> Toes, <laughs> fingers, earlobe. Yeah, I think I think I think for big impact, you gotta go for the, the the big toe. You gotta make a statement from the get go. Like we're not fucking around here. We ain't giving you a pinky. We're giving you a big toe. Yeah, I think if you want to sort of announce your presence with authority, you'd cut off the big toe or the index, hmm. or you know your index finger or something like that. I don't think you'd want to venture down into the um into the into the swimsuit area. I think that would oh, sort no, of no, 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 that's, that's, mm. no. That's 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 no go zone. Even for it would show that you meant business, but at the same time, yeah, I come don't on, man. Know. Here's, a, here's one last question. It's a really hard one for you. Okay, try me. How can they get to Brazil on the cheap? What's the route? Oh, God. Um, I know that there was Phoenix, Sun City. Yep. Yeah. Um, Think of Hawaii. Honolulu. Mm-hmm. And there was one more that I don't know. And what did Aerosmith say? Hello. Uh, who's his? St. Oh, St. Louis. Yeah, St. Louis. That's what Aerosmith say. Hello, St. Louis, when they're at Moe's. <laughs> so it's uh, if change planes in Phoenix, Honolulu, Sun City, and East St. Louis. Spend East. the night in a haunted house and ah. then leave right now. Yeah. <laughs> would you Would you spend a night in a haunted house? Yeah, absolutely. I think it'd be a lot of fun, yeah. Oh, yeah, just, um, just for the stories. Oh, yeah. You could just make it up as well. People, no yeah, and, know. I, and I don't think you'd, I think you'd have to stay up all night. I don't think I could sleep. I'd be jacked up on, uh, you know, like um, Red Bull and excitement, and you know, just sort yeah. of like I think my se- my senses would be getting, you know, playing tricks on me. Like, oh, what was that? Yeah, <gasps> it's like a four year old at Christmas. It's like Santa's on the roof. I can fucking hear him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, that is trivia for Blame It on Lisa. We'll be right back after this short break with a full in depth review of the episode. Yeah. If you're looking for a podcast that'll always be there for you, look no further than our new show, The One About Friends, hosted by myself and my incredible wife, Nicola. She is literally the biggest Friends fan I know, so who better to help me as we revisit every single episode of the show, discussing the characters, fashion trends, and how this iconic series still relates to our lives to this day. The One About Friends is available now on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. This week's podcast is brought to you by our incredible $20 patrons, Jordan, Moleman, Richie, Nick Barbaro, Bella Winderbank, Andrew Zerr, Christopher Darby, Chris Malion, Will Manthorpe, Ben Smith, Noah Daniel, Matt Thompson, Mark Boston Burgess, Alex Rodriguez, Tom Pickering, Kane Von Nagy, Sean Davey, Keith Nedham, Sam Bennett, Timothy Burleson, Brandon Twitchell, Nick James Bitch, Cal McDonald, Shannon Hofer, George McMenemy, Zach Pruitt, 
Jonathan Rossi, Adam Sanderson, Stephen Roberts, Daniel Kotnick, Ali Jamie, the iconic June fucking Richards, Matthew Davis, David Stewart, and the new man himself, Kevin, Dental Plan Flood. Also, shout out to our once again $100 patron, the legendary Dylan Haggett, who has requested we review a car-related episode that I will surprise you with at some point this month. Also, shout outs to our new patrons, Becky Manners, Joshua Webb, Richard, Adriana Spina, Benjamin Sinclair, and Brendan R. Quinn. Absolute champions, each and every one of you. Don't forget, guys, for as little as $1 per month, you can support the show and listen to a bunch of exclusive four-finger discount content in return. But for now, sit back and enjoy the show. The original air date for Blabbit on Lisa was March 31st in 2002, written by Bob Benditson, which I believe is the first episode he ever wrote, because I don't recall ever reading his name out before, and directed by Stephen Dean Moore. There was no chalk gag, but there was a catch gag. A new one, Matt Groening as the puppeteer. You could read a bit into this, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, that um, that his creations are starting to sort of go off the rails a bit and that he has lost control of, uh, of yeah. you know, what he... Uh, of the puppets that he initially sort of put into play, but now their strings are all tangled and he's just looking frustrated that, you know, he can't get anything done. <gasps> Fuck, that's a-, a YouTube video in the making, mate. You should do that. All right. Well, hey, we're doing it now. We're going to put this on YouTube, aren't we? I'll expand on that theory a bit more. The reason behind this catch gag, Matt Granny loses control. Yeah, we'll do that kind of shit because people love doing that kind of stuff on YouTube. 50, 50K likes, 20 ups. Yeah. Down. <laughs> and then a comment saying, whoever downvoted this has no idea. <laughs> and and something like, you know, yep, so and so brought me here. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Eilish brought me here. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> We've had a couple of those before. I put a video up once, I can't remember what it was, but another reviewer who does like who does like watch along things. I think it was like I put up a clip of JR, the wrestling commentator, commentating moments from Simpsons, but like mm-hmm. in his, oh my God, JR way. And another guy who does watch alongs watched our video and then sent the people to our video. So it's, oh. it's always like, all these comments, it went from like, you know, 20,000 views to like 200,000. I was like, what the hell happened here? And I was like, <laughs> so and so brought me here. So and so brought me here. I'm like, cool. Thanks, I'll tell man. you, this is unrelated because this is not sort of show related, but on my personal Twitter feed, I cracked a dumb joke the other day. You? A dumb joke? No. I know, right? Who, who saw that coming? But um, a friend, a, a quote-unquote friend retweeted and then a, a friend of his who is like a, a relatively well-known um, uh, entertainment writer in the States retweeted it. And from there, I could just see the numbers ticking over, ticking over, ticking over, ticking over, retweet, retweet, numbers, numbers, numbers going up. And I'm like, I've made it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I did. It's like, I wrote a tweet finally underneath it saying, wow, I thought I'd never get the ch- chance to say this. Wow, this blew up. <laughs> you know, which, uh, <laughs> How many retweets did I have? It's got something like 300 retweets and close to 2,000 300 likes. retweets? What are, your, what are your tweets? Yeah. Wow, wait, that's awesome. I know. I've never, I've never had a tweet hit four figures before. Yeah, it's, That's crazy. Kind of, it's kind of interesting, but it's, it's fascinating how it sort of takes on a momentum. You know, yeah. I mean, um, someone relatively well-known will retweet it and, you know, it gets like an endorsement. Their fans will retweet just because they did, yeah. Yes, and, and on top of that, it was just absolutely hilarious. <laughs> I may well share this on the Four Finger Discount Twitter feed. Yes, sounds good to me. To get a little more love. So, kicks off with Itchy and Scratchy. I do appreciate when we still get the occasional Itchy and Scratchy cartoon. Just makes it feel like old school Simpsons because we don't get them all that often anymore. But the episode's called yeah. Par for the Corpse. Um, he calls Scratchy his catty. 
calls him his mousy, <laughs> smacks him. Uh, they, uh, they tried to get Tiger Woods for this to make a guest appearance, but he denied them. I did read that, yeah. I mean, what, he would sort of be behind them on the court saying, hurry up or something along those lines. I don't know how that would go. Maybe he would have, I don't know, given advice. Who knows? But the yeah. there's a play on, what's the movie with the rocket in the eye of the moon? It is called A Trip to the Moon. That's, uh, yeah, that's pretty straightforward, Dandy. You should have known that. <laughs> yeah, legendary French filmmaker Georges Millet. And that's what I call a moonshot. Hammer repeats it. Pretty sure it wasn't. My dad's done that before. Actually, had a, we had a moment in work the other day where one guy made a joke and then literally two seconds later, another guy made the exact same joke, but he'd just taken his headphones out. So like he had no idea and no one nobody laughed at what he said. And he was just like, that's gold, guys. Like, we, yeah, we, we just heard it. <laughs> Marge walks in complaining about the $400 phone call bill. The only issue with this is, whilst it's not exactly the same, it's very eerily similar to the story of Bart versus Australia. Yeah, the inciting incident that gets um, the Simpsons to Brazil or to Australia, yeah, is yeah remarkably similar. <laughs> An expensive phone call. It's, and it's sort of what 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 cut. what season was Bart versus Australia? Season six, episode sixteen, I think. Okay, well, that's very specific, Dan. Good on you. But but uh, yeah, you're right though. I mean, if you are doing a Simpsons going somewhere gag or a Simpsons somewhere storyline, you don't think they would recycle the same incident, or you think they would probably look for a different uh, inciting incident, but uh, clearly not. Mm. Well, you're finding things getting recycled quite a bit in this season, but I think that's mainly mm. because, and this may, I mean, this could be wrong, but. We're getting a lot of new writers, people who I've never read out before, right? Yeah. And maybe they just weren't big fans of The Simpsons and they hadn't seen previous episodes. That's not unheard of. It's a new writer for a show. That does, does, you don't have to have seen every episode of The Simpsons to become part yeah, of the yeah. writing staff. I mean, sure, it would have been better, but I think maybe yeah. these people just thought they were going in with a good idea and mm. it was a good idea the first time they did it. Yeah, or they they imagine they're um, paying tribute to um, a previous classic episode. Mm. To me, though, if I was running the show, I'd be like, it's not paying tribute, you're just rehashing. If I was running the show, though. <laughs> I mean, I, I would hate to go into a new show and write a new episode. And I, I would like to think that the people who are working on the show would say to me, I know we've already done that. Because I would hate yeah. to put all this effort into a script, then not tell me that it's already mm. been done. Then realize later on, oh, fuck, that's already something that's been done before. Oh, now I feel like an idiot. I'd rather just be told at the start. But anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, it is a little bit similar to Butler's Australia, but put that aside. Homer... Chokes Bart here, which I didn't really think worked. It was just like you choke on your lies, and it's like it's like yeah. again, it's like it's like it's a new writer. It's like oh yeah, Homer chokes Bart. That's right. We'll just give him a reason, reason to choke Bart, but he hasn't really choked Bart for a long time now. I think you pointed that out recently. That, that mm. this sort of pushed that aside, but this guy just must have thought he wanted to slip in a Homer choking Bart because that's what they used to do. Well, given that, I mean, given exactly what we just talked about, how maybe this person is a big fan of, uh, of classic Simpsons, kind of like, oh, I'm getting a chance to write a Simpsons episode. I'm going to throw in all my favorite bits. Look, that's a bit reductive for me to say. But I mean, I don't know how this, uh, how this person's mind works. But um, yeah, to sort of do something that's so similar to a very well-regarded and well-loved episode and then to throw in a bit of a uh, classic Simpsons trope that we haven't seen in a while, it does speak, it, does, it would indicate that it's like, I may never get a chance to do this again. I'm throwing in all my favourite Simpsons bits. Yeah, which would explain why there's an issue in Scratchy cartoon as well. Yeah, but the thing of it is, I don't know, as the, as the Simpsons went further along, it sort of became not more and more realistic, but we got it became more and more familiar to us as viewers, I think. Initially, it was very much a cartoon, and you could do cartoonish things in it. So you could have 
Homer choked Bart and you're like, oh, these are two cartoon characters fucking around. Bart's not actually getting hurt or anything. And this is just a very sort of exaggerated uh, expression of a father's exasperation with his son. 13 seasons in, I think we've come to regard the Simpsons as family to some degree. And for them to sort of start, for Homer to start choking his son, it's kind of like, hey, Homer, leave that kid alone. It's just a it's just a theory that I came up with just then, and it may be completely wrong. But I think I think actually there's some yeah. validity to it. I think the more time we spent with the Simpsons, the less time we want to see them sort of behaving badly towards one another in in such an obvious way. So they, Marge says they're going to go down to the phone company and sort it out. Homer's annoyed and sad that they keep changing their names. I guess this was a thing back in 2002. Phone companies always changing their name. Not really doesn't really work now, but. 2002, maybe no. it did. So, at the phone company. Wow, everything is so high tech. Dialing Murray Hill 56309. So, I says to Murray, I says, that guy's a bum. Ooh, that's the movie phone guy. The movie we've selected plays at 8 p.m. at Springfield Cinema 6. Thank you for dating, Mr. Movie Phone. Our evening will be rated R for brief nudity. Ma'am, would you be interested in changing your long-distance service if... <gasps> what the... She hung up on me. What did I do? <laughs> Hello, I'm your customer service rep, Lindsay Nagel. We've met you many times, Miss Nagel. Why do you keep changing jobs? I'm a sexual predator. Mm. Now, how may I best dispense with you today? We've been charged for calls to Brazil that we didn't make. We are not paying this bill. Fine, I'll cut off your service. Fine, I'll cut off your ponytail. Homer. Marge, it's called negotiating. I'm always happy to see Lindsay Nagel. Yeah. Before I met the lovely Louise, if I had encountered Lindsay Nagel on uh, one of the dating apps, um, swipe left, probably. <laughs> Hang on. You swipe. Swiping, swiping left is... Saying yes, right? You're asking the wrong guy, dude. <laughs> I have no idea. I, I would say yes to Lindsay Nagel. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. So they say they're paying the bill. This does. This happens a lot. My dad used to do this kind of thing. Oh, yeah, well, I'm cutting off your ponytail. You wouldn't say cut off your ponytail, but it's like, oh, yeah, you're going to do that? Well, I'm going to do something else irrational. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I actually did think that was kind of funny. That oh, Homer, it's called negotiating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's stupid, it, it, but that's the kind of Homer that I like who sort of gets ahead of himself when he gets enthusiastic and thinks he's a bit smarter than he is or think he's sort of, if not in control of a situation, then certainly able to hold his own in a situation when clearly he can't. But, um, you know, all right, I'll cut off your ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It cuts to Homer reading Blue Pants Weekly. What was the magazine that, did Marge read a particular magazine that was kind of like something very... Simple or curtains weekly or something, yeah, yeah, something like that. So yeah, again, it's like um, rehashing. Yeah, it feels like it feels this episode is sort of like bringing out the hits. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Uh, so Lisa wants to use the phone to call Janie, but she can't because mm. they haven't paid the phone bill. So she doesn't realize at this point that it's her fault. She just thinks that the parents are just being bums and not paying the phone bill because they're always fighting yeah. with the various utilities because Homer's got too much time in his hands. Lenny here, I don't. Get why this was such a big deal. So they, they found old taco shells in the cooling vent or something, because yeah. and he's gonna and he couldn't call home because the phone wasn't turned on. I was like, that's not a very good like. You couldn't think of a better reason like like old taco shells and then Lenny's eating one. I'm like, uh, 
Yeah, oh look, it's something so ridiculous that no one would, no one would hey, do. Hey, Homer, the beer truck fell over. It's free beer for everybody, or something like something <laughs> more. I don't know, believable. Like, why would anyone want to eat an old taco shell? I don't know taco shells. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, anyway. um, yeah. The fact that it's so pathetic is is maybe that's the joke, but um, didn't work yeah. for me. Homer plans a crazy scheme. <laughs> Give me some tools and beer. <laughs> this is to me again. I didn't even realize when I was watching it, again, bringing out the hits, this feels like classic Homer going up to fix the the phone line himself, repeating the same mm-hmm. problem. Why don't I throw them both together and just get going back to the red one? I laughed because this to me felt Did like- Did you enjoy that? Yeah. Yeah. This felt you like, enjoyed that. This felt like very early Simpsons. Yeah. Okay. To me, it felt like uh, sort of stepping on rake syndrome. And look, this is um, maybe blasphemy and maybe something that'll lose me a lot of friends and admirers, but yeah. I'm I, was, I'm, I'm, I think I might have to stop you before you're about to say what you're about to say. That I, I'm not a, the biggest fan of the stepping on the rakes gag. You're not? <laughs> I think I admire it more than I enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. For what reason? I don't know. Like Tenet, it's not something you can explain. You just have to feel it. There are some gags that um, I do understand and I do feel it. So um, you're looking at me like um, you're looking at me like Homer the Vigilante or, or whatever, whatever episode is it. What happened to you, man? You used to be cool, <laughs> Jimbo. <laughs> I'm so, I'm sorry I've to never, disappoint I've you. I've never Dan, in my 32 years of existence heard a single person say they didn't like the rake scene. That is that's because. That's because they don't want to get that look that you just gave me. <laughs> that kind of... I have no... No, I don't... It doesn't bother me either way that you don't like it. I just flabbergasted. I'm just like, oh, people like that exist? <laughs> this is what makes a horse race stand out. The world's got everything in it, man. Wow, we. Boy, oh boy. But anyway, so... But but yes, Homer sort of like... Oh, no, green. Red. Green and red. Red again. It's like I'm gonna make this a YouTube clip. So you need to explain to us at home what is it you don't like about the rake scene. Like I said, I mean, I I get it. I understand it. Understand what though? Uh, I know that it's sort of like <laughs> it's ridiculous that you know he he gets from under the car and he steps on a rake and he hits a rake and the rake hits him in the face. And then I don't know how many times it happens in the in the actual scene. About fourteen times. Something. Probably, yeah. Probably. Okay. Yeah. That it it goes the whole. 360 degrees from like <laughs> that was funny to oh, they're still doing this and oh, that's not funny oh this has gone over so long that it's ridiculous and I'm kind of laughing at it yeah that never really sort of did it for me it did it here pointing at my head for those who are not watching the video didn't get me here pointing at my heart for those not watching the video I, I can't see your heart <laughs> It's because I don't have one, dude. If I didn't, if I you if I didn't no like the rags gag, have you no soul? If I didn't like the rags gag, yeah. <laughs> Clearly, I've got like a baboon heart or something in there. If I didn't dig the the uh, the rags gag. Oh man, when I make the title of this video, why the rake scene isn't that good, and post it in like the social the Simpsons shit posting groups, woof, they're Absolutely, gonna they're, they're gonna out for your blood. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take I'll take the heat. I'll take I'll take oh, the hit for this one. That's amazing. I need to come up with a better argument, so I'll come up with like a rebuttal video. You talked about me doing a video earlier about, um, you know, Simpsons Puppet Master or what that kind of thing, and you know. But look, I'm I'm happy to do a. I'll have to think about it a lot more and express myself a little more eloquently. But no, I'm. I'll I'll go to the. um, I'll plead my case in court as to why I personally, not everyone else, but me, thinks the rake gag is a little overrated. Boy, oh boy, what a game changer! Wow, that is. this is 
holy shit, this, this just turned into like Kramer versus Kramer or something. Dando's just looking at me like I'm an absolute... Well, no. <laughs> I'm just trying to work out who's going to co-host the show with me next week. <laughs> Hello, Mitch Grinter. <laughs> what are you doing on a Monday night? <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, so... This Davis thing just didn't work out. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> Free service? Here we come. All right. Let's try the red one. Okay, I'll try the green. Let's try the red one again. Not again! Let's try them together. Maybe the red one. So they find him smoldering in the bushes. And what happens next? I'm sort of, you've thrown me. I've lost my notes. I don't know where I am anymore. You've just <laughs> completely <laughs> Up is me. down. Oh, they, let, Black let, is white. This is where dogs let, and cats <laughs> living together. <laughs> Lisa realizes that the Brazilian call was hers and she apologizes and she explains that she was sponsoring an orphan boy in Brazil and he's gone missing. A funny little moment, a funny little, well, sort of actually bittersweet moment there, but a bit of a character beat where, yeah, Homer says, you're the one we both like. Yeah. And, you know, normally you'd be focusing on Homer and that, but I think they, the animators did a very good thing with, you see Bart just sort of do a little, has a little sort of downward glance like, oh, well, it's real. They don't like me. <laughs> you know, so, um, and look, I think you've talked a lot in the past about how Bart will occasionally sort of um, say things like, oh, the voices speak to me or, oh, everyone thinks I'm a clown and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, this must be taking a toll on Bart's self-esteem. Oh, 100%. But they don't play it up because I feel like they've dumbed down dumbed down Bart a little bit in later years. Mm. He's not sort of... And he was never smart, but now he just... Sort of, and nothing seems to stick anymore. They don't really have... They don't really have emotions, but nothing affects them anymore. It's just water off a duck's back now whenever they get paid out or whatever yeah, it's just nothing of... matters no, nothing really matters anymore it's just for the sake of a gag and they just move on but mm. Lisa as I said explains that the orphan boy has gone missing I loved the don't you know little boys from Brazil uh, boys from Brazil little Hitlers from that movie which I can't <laughs> remember what it's called <laughs> <laughs> but again I mean look that's, that's very much a when was the speed gag when was the bus that couldn't slow down gag that was Springfield Files, like season eight. They're certainly playing the hits in this episode, it seems. Because yeah. everyone loves, you know, I think they called it the bus that couldn't slow down. And yeah, this is a slight variation on that. I'm going to start accentuating the positive for the rest of this episode. I'm feeling like a hater and I don't like feeling like a hater. Hi, Lisa. Thank you for your donation. Because of your generosity, I bought sturdy shoes that will last for a thousand sambas. Oh, he's so adorable. Can we have another baby? No way. I still haven't lost the weight I put on from the last one. And with the money left over, the orphanage was able to buy a door. Now the monkeys cannot bite me. Uh oh. <laughs> I am like sugar to them. The samba dance was cute. The fact that he was sugar to monkeys was very cute. Those monkeys sort of running up against the door. I enjoyed that a lot. That was good. The family decide they have to go find him. Bart shows enthusiasm. This is every 10-year-old boy. Fine, I just want to meet the monkeys. <laughs> 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 Who just want to hang out with monkeys? Monkeys are great. 
true, but you know, I've, I've said in the past about my mixed emotions when it comes particularly to chimpanzees. They don't fight fair, they fight dirty, mm. and they will turn on a dime, in the, and they will rip off your private parts and tear your face off your head, all this kind of business. But at the same time, you look at them and they're adorable. They're a couple <laughs> of um, DNA letters away from us. They they're are. Very, they're very close to related to human beings. But at the same time, they're also Caesar from Planet of the Apes, who are just trying to, you know, run everything. So Lisa says they get cheap tickets if they buy them online or buy them on the internet, which was still a novelty in 2002, buying online, buying on the internet. It's on the internet. Yeah. We buy them on the internet. They, <laughs> they get there. We're going to Brazil. And we go to every continent. We're about Antarctica. We're going to Antarctica next year. Now, do they actually go to Antarctica next year? I did not look it up, but I would certainly like to hope that they did because otherwise this joke mm. is silly. <laughs> <laughs> the family are then flying on Air Brazil. Lisa's got the travel tips. This is a good sea plant. So only drink bottled water. Don't get into an unlicensed taxi because then when Homer gets into a taxi, it literally says on the side, unlicensed taxi later it's on taxi. in the episode. <laughs> the weather is the opposite. Again, a rehash from Bart versus Australia. When they arrive in Australia, Lisa says, it's summer here, not winter. And Homer goes... And he throws the sled out. I'm like, this is the exact same joke. Get ready, Brazil. I now speak fluent Spanish. Well done, Bart. But in Brazil, they speak Portuguese. Forget every word, boy. It's useless. But Homer... I said forget it. All gone. This is your captain speaking. The local temperature in Rio de Janeiro is hot, 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 with a 100% chance of passion. Bernardo, you make that joke every time. It was that joke that made you fall in love with me. I love it when the captain of my, or the pilot of my plane has a bit of, a uh, bit of, what's the word? Spice? Yeah, spice. Hot sauce? A bit of, um, Hot sauce. Yeah, just- Throw a bit of hot sauce on that one. What, what, the best one actually was once we were flying to Orlando, right? And the pilot goes, mm-hmm. and we are about to uh, land in Chicago- uh, five ten a.m. and everyone in the fucking plane's like, "What the fuck? What the fuck?" And he goes, "Oh, I hope you enjoyed that joke there. We're actually about to land in Orlando." <laughs> I was like, "You're my hero. You're my fucking hero." <laughs> everyone on the plane panicked. Everyone's like, "What the fuck? What the what 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 with it?" <laughs> All I can say is, I hope you got off the plane and and you sort of spread your arms in the airport and said, "Dando is in Orlando." <laughs> <laughs> Which I did, but I didn't. I wanted to give that part a high five. Though. I'm like, mate, you just trolled everyone and you did such a great job. Because he'd left it for a bit. He was like, and thank you so much for flying with United Airlines or whatever. And then everyone's like, um. <laughs> <laughs> I really love that kind of very calm and very measured diction that pilots have in that regard. And we're going to be landing in uh, Orlando in uh, 10 minutes or so. We uh, hope you've enjoyed flying with... Uh, United Airlines. Yeah. I'm your captain. Good morning. <laughs> it's like, what a, what a king. Yeah. <laughs> know, right? <laughs> All right. So we have here Patty and Selma. Uh, they're looking after Maggie. I did appreciate at least they acknowledged, A, they didn't take yeah. Maggie with them because this would be ridiculous if they had a baby with them. So it's good that they didn't yes. take the baby this time. And B, at least acknowledge, hey, where's Maggie? Hmm. Okay, she's with Patty and Selma. They didn't have to go back to her again. Just we know where Maggie is. That's it. You know, you didn't have to go back. Just yeah. Fine, she's with Patty and Summer. You'd have that little nagging thing in your head saying, wait a minute, where's Maggie? Yeah. It's like, oh, who's laughing like at Maggie? Yeah, so, um, yeah, just a, how long was that bit? Like 30 seconds? Is that, 10 seconds, yeah. Yeah. But just there to acknowledge that, we're, that she's fine. We're now yeah. at the airport. They see the giant statue, uh, Christ on Corvocado. Is that what it's, yeah, Corv- 
Coronado, I think. No, I thought it was Corcovado. Hmm. I thought it was Chrysler, Cor- good... Chrysler Corcovado. Isn't that what it's called? Or am I wrong? I thought it was... I'm not going to say you're wrong, but um, hang on a second. Let's look up Rio hmm. G- uh, Christ statue. Hmm. What have we got here? Christ the Redeemer. Hmm, the statue. Well, isn't it on Corcovado, though? Isn't the, 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 like the, the mountain that it's on? Hopefully, Wikipedia will tell me this. Top C O R C O B. Corcovado is correct. Yes, yes okay. Right. Corcovado. That's what. I, that's that's Christ the Corcovado. Just comes to my mind. I was like, I've always called oh. it that. <laughs> I've just a, called him Rio. I just called him Rio Jesus. Yeah, that's that's works as well. Everyone knows what you're talking about. <laughs> the one thing about this is they do get a lot of, and they, they always do it. I guess in the episodes where they go to places. Hey, look, it's that. Hey, look, it's that. Yeah. I mean, they even had it in, when they went to New York and stuff in Australia, but I felt like Bart did it a lot in this episode and Lisa as well. Like she said, mm-hmm. hey, hey, look, there's the Christ statue. But hey, it's Carnivale. And hey, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, just all the different pointing at the, the landmarks. What? Hey, it's uh, um, the beach. What's it called? Um, Cop- Copacabana Beach. Copacabana Beach. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Where they have the um, the G strings on and whatnot, or the, the speedos. Yes. But they take uh, they take a conga line to get everywhere in Brazil. Apparently, I like this. I thought this. I, I mean, I, I how, like how that fun too. would this be if you took a conga line everywhere? I'd, wa- <laughs> I'd, I'd walk everywhere. <laughs> I ma- I imagine you wouldn't feel as tired for no. some reason. I, that, that, I think you would trick yourself into not being. Yeah, everyone seems to be having a blast. I I did like the conga line bit. And the the my hands are on a guy's ass. That's fine. There's not no issue with this one here. No. Boy, this yeah. game must work yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> they arrive at the hotel. Everyone's playing soccer. Yeah, it's funny. Homer, look, I'm, a, I'm Brazilian. Kicks his suitcase. How to loot Brazil. That's fine. I got it. Okay, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> We're now in the room. Bart is watching the is it, uh, Teleboobies, whatever it's called. Yeah, he is, yeah it's Teleboobies. Teleboobies. That's what, that's what Bart calls it later on anyway. Mm. And we get the little sort of... Uh, Plant here of the Flamenco Flamingo, which turns out to be Ronaldo here. Oh, yeah. Hmm. It should have been a bit of a clue because his voice is exactly the same. Sounds yeah. like him. We have the Bert and Ernie reference, which I appreciated. They find the fruit hats. Uh, Lisa reminds them, though, that there's a reason why we're here. Let's go do it. And so they go out looking for him and they walk through the bright colored slums, which have just painted bright colors to make everyone realize that it's not a slum. This is one of the issues that Brazil had. They were saying, we don't have slums. Mm. This is not what it's, it's like, like here. No, you got you got slums. Rio, <laughs> you've got the favelas. We've uh, we've all seen Fast and Furious Five. Do their rats taste like Skittles though? That's the thing. Off oh, Brett, more like Smarties. <laughs> speaking of, actually, speaking of Smarties, you just reminded me. We got yeah. a huge package from our friends. That's- <laughs> <laughs> nice one from our friends in Canada. A few listeners. Uh, I better get their names oh, up. Actually, Canada. I better go to the to the. Thank uh, you very much. You better go to the Facebook group now and find the uh, the names of those who sent it through. I know Pat Wright was the the instigator of it all. So let's type Canada here and let's find the post. Mm-hmm. So they sent us a bunch to- of Canadian <laughs> treats for us to taste and try on the podcast. We won't do it today. Mm-hmm. I'll drop it off to your house because we've got two of everything. So I'll drop it off yes. to your house next week, and we'll, we'll on next week's show we will um we'll go through it all. Just gotta try and find oh, the uh, the I'm treats. I have to wait another week. I was gonna I was gonna eat them all as soon as I got them. <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll deliver yeah. them to you in six days' time so that you don't eat them all before the podcast. Let's go to the Instagram That's page. Good. I know I shared a photo about it. I wrote a fan it. So it came from Pat Wright, Shannon Ashley, David Noah, uh, David Nayer, Holly Riopel, uh, uh, Steve Roberts, and Jordan Diddy. Absolute legend. So they've sent us mm. some like, ruffles, uh, some hickory sticks. Some, so the reason it reminded me of Smarties. So they sent us Smarties 
obviously thinking mm. that Smarties weren't a thing in Australia, but they're the staple of every kid's lunchbox, a Smartie. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has a Smartie in their lunchbox. Uh, we've also got some some soda as well for you to try out, some tomato sauce, ketchup-flavoured Lay's uh, or Thin's chips. Ooh. So, yeah, there's uh, plenty of uh, awesome official, like legitimate Canadian maple syrup. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, nice. An entire yeah. like tub of it. <laughs> uh, if we, You could have topped it off with a Tim Hortons donut, but uh, I don't think it would have made the trip. Oh, mate, that, it took three months for it to arrive. <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> three months for it to arrive and the box was, let's just say it looked like it had seen some shit. Like it had <laughs> giant holes in the side. Fucking one of the oh, bags no. was ripped open. There was chips on the bottom of the box. It was um, oh. it'd been right, places. That's, that's, I, that's my bag, clearly. Yeah, <laughs> I've said it. Yeah, I've said in the group it. It took the Bobo route to get to Australia. <laughs> but um, we've got that. So thank you guys for sending that through. It's much appreciated. We'll try it all out on next week's show and send Absolutely. through the video. Um, but oh, anyway. thanks, guys. That's no, we very much appreciate that. That's lovely. So they go to the orphanage. And we get the moment you mentioned here of lighting the candle every day for him. Homer jumps on the nun. I've seen a bit of hate about Homer jumping on the nun and the too much junk in the trunk. I was just like, I don't know, it just seemed pointless to me. Yeah, also the flying nun is not necessarily a reference that uh, a lot of people are going to get in 2002. I think you have to be an old fucker like me. But then, but yet you enjoyed the lastest gun in the West for the old references though because it makes, yeah, people, because it makes people look it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, look, I did, yeah, I, I didn't necessarily... Um, dislike the uh, the flying nun reference but yeah. at the same time it's like kids would it get doesn't it. have enough it doesn't have enough of a uh, sort of um cultural footprint that why why is homer jumping on that nun's <laughs> back this this feels weird and wrong yeah <laughs> it's like oh but he thinks they can fly as per that show from the 60s eh, don't know <laughs> they're all having dinner at the at the restaurant having meat on a sword homer mentions here mm. we're on vacation i'm not even wearing my wedding ring and then nothing comes of that it's like homer I'm like is that yeah. line really necessary? Just Not really, it. no. <laughs> Lisa says it's better if they'll split up so that Homer and Bart go together marginally. So it always tends to happen when they go to international countries. Marge and Lisa go together and Bart and Homer end up going. Because it's just, for the comedic reasons, it just works out better that way if they do it like that. Mm. And we get the Brazilian yes guy. I love it when Homer pokes him in the bum. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> Ooh! Check, please. See? <laughs> Does that include tip? See! We're now at the Copacabana Beach and we get to try and stop a shirt, which is pretty damn funny. They're ordered to wear Speedos. Homers keep disappearing, hoping that they go somewhere good. I like this. <laughs> Everyone's grossed out by it. The next scene, ah, take it or leave it. So they're at the Samba school, like dance classes. They invented the Lombarda Macarena, which apparently they didn't actually invent the Macarena. No. Um, yeah, I forgot, I've forgotten which country is actually responsible for the Macarena, but uh, yeah, not a Brazilian thing. No, and to me, that comes across like not a joke. That's just poor research. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the joke was being that they didn't actually do it. I think they just made a mistake there. It's funny because they've done that whole thing earlier about, um, no, they don't speak Spanish in uh, in Rio. They speak Portuguese. It's yeah. like, well, okay, well, they've got, they've got that part right, but then they... Drop the ball on the other part, yeah, yeah. but still, you do you do get Hank sort of. What does it say? It, it's going to make sex look like church or something. Excuse me, we think this boy might be here. Okay, this is the samba school. This is not a lost and found. This is where we invented the lambada and the macarena. We are now developing our most powerful dance, the penetrada. 
He'd make sex look like a church. I don't think my daughter should hear this. You can't protect her forever, you stupid lady. Homer then orders a super sweet drink, so sweet that he has to eat some dirt, and the worker distracts Bart and Homer whilst her kids rob them. Lisa and Marge here, I didn't quite get this, so Lisa and Marge looking at the stuffed Codamundi, and Lisa says, oh, Maggie would like one of these. I'm like, shouldn't you be, yeah. any, shouldn't you be against this? Why would you suggest Marge buy one? That's what I was thinking. It's like, this is a bit out of character for someone who's sort of vocal about, uh, you know, their, their vegetarianism or veganism and animal rights and all that you kind of stuff. You just had a joke where she said, I'm vegetarian. And now you're saying, let's buy a stuffed animal for my sister. What is going on? Yeah. <laughs> the snake is a bracelet. <laughs> I, I, for some reason, I just loved, uh, you know, Marge's line. Everything here is something. <laughs> Home, uh, one, one more place to go, so they call a taxi and they jump in. It's the unlicensed one. This is a kidnapping. Uh, so Homer, save the boy, take me. I'm afraid he's already left. Uh, what I liked about this was <laughs> Bart's not even running away. He's just walking away. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> and Homer gets taken away. Good um, cut to commercial. Good way to make you want to stick around. What's going to happen Absolutely. next? When we came back from commercial, I thought you would have liked the score here. It's very 80s Miami Vice-esque, riding the boat through the uh, Amazon. It was basically the Miami Vice theme. I don't know if it was exactly it or uh, they changed just enough notes to uh, keep the lawyers at bay. But yes, always like that. Always partial to any trip along the Amazon. I'm too chicken shit to do it, but uh, I'd, I'd love a boat trip on the Amazon. I think it'd be marvellous. I think it'd be... Where are you taking me? Shut up. Take that stupid bag off your head. No, it smells like cinnamon. I actually just really enjoyed the whole kidnapping aspect. I, it, was, it was different. Yeah, I, I <laughs> wish that the uh, kidnappers had been given a little bit more personality. They just felt a little bit bland to mine. I guess they're kind of a little bit too much like a pushover. But still, mm. it's like Homer, as they say at the end, how could you say no to that face? Well, yeah. like, if I kidnap somebody, <laughs> see, I'd be a terrible kidnapper because I'd be sucked in. I, I, I'd be like, oh, uh, you'd have, st- oh, you know, I can't, I can't be mentor this guy. I can't be mentor this guy. I let my guard down and they stab me in the neck. <laughs> you got Stockholm syndrome in reverse, where you start to fall. For yeah, your, yeah, yeah. You start to fall for your victim as opposed to the cap, uh, the victim falling for the captor. <laughs> Lisa is sad because you know they can't find Ronaldo now. Homer's missing. Well, they, they actually don't know Homer's missing just yet because Bart arrives to watch the more boobies. And this is where he announces that Homer's been kidnapped, so we'll just wait for the call. I looked off the TV here. On top of? Beneath. <laughs> on top of? Beneath. <laughs> it's a funny thing, though. I mean, you, you sort of hear about... I mean, this is 2002. In the States, cable TV or pay TV is starting to really, you know, make inroads, and they're able to sort of show things on the small screen that you didn't really see before that. I mean, for the longest time, the thing that sort of made you go to the movies as opposed to staying home and watching TV is like... I could probably see someone with their clothes off, you know, if I go see it on the big screen or um, hear people swearing or things that get a bit more violent. Where they, they couldn't show that on TV. An insight into the mindset of Guy Davis. You might see people with their clothes off. <laughs> <laughs> but continue. But then, you know, you'd hear these stories about, you know, you go to Italy and on primetime TV, there'll be some chick with her shirt off. <laughs> Someone will come back from backpacking or whatever. It's like, oh, what's some Italian television? Holy Jesus. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, that, I imagine that was yeah, kind of fascinating when you went overseas and, hey, that person just just swore on TV or something or you're seeing stuff you're not supposed to on the small screen. And now we're all used to everything. 
you know, <laughs> seeing everything, hearing yeah. everything. So, uh, yeah, but back in the day, that whole sort of on top, underneath, it's like, you, you can do that on TV? There was a whole show oh called... Oh, my. There was a whole show called <laughs> You Can't Do That on Television. <laughs> Homer has another itch. Oh, we get the PlayStation. of the, the, the It's very very much very Wigger-esque, this, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some, kind of heard this all before. So that's the thing. I mean, it'd be great if, like, they'd really sort of played up... It might be a bit obvious, but they sort of played up like a um, a Rio version of Wiggum, even with the sort of like the a, um, a fat one, yeah, 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 with the inflection and the intonation that sh- uh, sounded like Wiggum, but had a bit of a the Hunkazaria voice on it. I don't know if you could combine those two if it would work at all, but uh, kind of like how they went to Shelbyville and there was like Simpsons, uh, Springfield versions of everybody in Shelbyville. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it could be a bit of a played out gag, but I do like the sound of that. I'd like to see how it would work. Homer has another itch, and the guy says he refuses to uh, scratch it, and you do it yourself. They've sent the ransom note, and Homer says, "Well, look, I don't think you're going to get any money, guys, because they've been seeing me alive for free for a long time." That was a good line. Ho- yes, Homer is then told to make the phone call for the fifty thousand. I just, lo- I love this. <laughs> Ahoy, hoy. Mr. Burns, it's Homer Simpson. I've been kidnapped and I need $50,000. Hmm. Well, I'm high on sheep embryos, so I am feeling charitable. How about I advance you the money and you work it off? No deal! Moe's Tavern, home of the stinkiest rag in America. Hey, Mo. Oh, Homer, listen, I need 50 grand. Don't ask me why. Oh, no, I need 50 grand. I asked you first. Fine, I'll send you 50 grand. Thanks. Oh, Flanders, I need 100 grand. Well, I don't really have that much, but uh, if you need it that bad, you'll be in my prayers. Go suck a Bible. Family are then walking around and they can hear Carnival. And Marge is sad because all the drunkenness and ambiguous sexuality would have, I would have loved it. But, you know, she doesn't, she, it's kind of, you have to at least be in the mood. You have to keep dancing because that's just how it happens there. That's what, that's what goes down. So she dances and worries at the same time. And then Bart notices the stripper from the kids show. And this is where Ronaldo makes his big return as Flamingo Flamingo. And all thanks to Lisa, who now is like a millionaire, isn't he? Yeah, well, he's making, he's making some Malcolm in the Middle style money, except he's not being exploited mm. by his parents. <laughs> yes. I shouldn't, a very 2002 joke. I shouldn't <laughs> laugh about Well, yeah, the Malcolm in the Middle reference, absolutely. shouldn't really laugh about that, because there is a long and sad history of child stars who just got fucked out of their money by the unscrupulous parents. Mm-hmm. I also think it's kind of sad how Frankie Muniz like, can't remember shit now. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah, he has terrible seizures all the time to the point where he de- he now can't remember ever being on the show. How did that happen? I mean, what what what's the he just he just he just has an illness where he suffers from seizures to the point where it's just fried his memory of being on Malcolm in the Middle. Look it up; it's oh, a big story. Yeah, poor Frankie. Oh, sorry, dude. He has to like catch. He catches up with Brian Cranston, and Brian Cranston says, you know, he tries to remind him of the good times, but oh. Frankie Muniz literally can't remember being on Malcolm in the Middle anymore. God damn. It's a sad story, yeah. Dando. It is very sad, yeah, yeah, but it's worth checking out. Um, I mean, it is sad, but it's it's just really interesting but how it's just you know, he was he was arguably the biggest child star in the world at that point, you know. I would say so. Never actually watched a single episode of Malcolm in the Middle, to be honest. Yeah, wasn't really my just wasn't my wasn't my thing. Not really my bag either. But uh, we, before we move along, we need to make sure we also point out the. I know I would have written you, Lisa, but I didn't know which state you lived in, and this was back when we didn't know where the Simpsons were from. You know, if you look at the clues, you can figure it out. You can't figure it out. There were never enough clues. They made it very <laughs> ambiguous. So that's just a joke there. And the woman uses her tassels to say, go that way to the studio. They're at the studio and Ronaldo gives them the ransom money. And we get the, the, the Malcolm in the Middle reference, like you said. We're now on the chairlift. This was good. I really like this. <laughs> the Bart changing the music, the changing the score oh. of the show. <laughs> <laughs> 
supposed to bring the ransom money to the top of Sugarloaf Mountain. The tension is killing me! How about this? Mm, that's not tense enough. It's making light of the situation. Yep, that's it. Just right. That's the one. I did like the way that, uh, that uh, Marge and Lisa sort of... Just very casually. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Homer has made a scrapbook and they're just they're spitting over it. Uh, I, I love scrapbooks. They're great. <laughs> they, I, I actually made a um a, a frame. I've done it for Mother's Day as well, which I think I've already pointed out, but a frame of all the selfies we took on our honeymoon. Aww. And it's great because you look at it on the wall and you go, oh yeah, we did that. We did that. We did that. There's, you, there's only so much space in your memory mm. to remember all the things that you do on a big trip like that. But when we got all the selfies on the wall, I'll go, oh, that's right. Fuck, we got to hang out with Conan O'Brien. You know, we got to do this. We got to do that, you know. <laughs> when I say hang out with him, I mean, we got to chat with him for about 30 seconds, but we got a selfie with him. <laughs> <laughs> it counts. That counts. Yes, it does count. I hung out with Conan O'Brien. Damn it. <laughs> Listen, uh, I made a little scrapbook to remember the kidnapping. I'm still working on it, but uh, as you can see, uh, oh, look. This is a cigarette butt you burned me with. You slept like a baby that night. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that, yeah. <laughs> Homer, why are you laughing? He has the Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> he has come to identify with his captors. They let me stay up all night. Well, you won't be doing that at home. Now hand over the money and you get your Homer back. Look at all that pink and purple. Our money sure is gay. Homer makes the chairlift cable snap because he's too heavy. This this is where I thought the episode just went, I went, oh, really? that's how you're ending this? So it falls down a cliff, mm. smashes, they're, fall, they're falling around, they're screaming, they're banging against the windows, they're banging here, and all of a sudden they're just fine at the end of it. I was like, wait, the cable car just fell from the sky <laughs> and they're just fine coming out of it? And then Homer says, yep, no matter how bad I screw up, you always bail me out. Oh, and then Bart gets eaten by a snake. But he, yes. he's not sad because it's kind of out. I was like, indeed. Oh. And uh, something that, <laughs> hey, I learned something this episode, guys. You can't end episodes with a dance routine and expect it to be your get out of jail free card, even if it is to the seductive, intoxicating beat of salsa. That or Ghostbusters. Like, yeah. I love Ghostbusters. Like, last no. week, ain't it happening. No, but this is <laughs> two episodes in a row where it's kind of like, eh, yeah, let's, uh, right. let's dance our way to the end credits. Not buying it. Oh, damn it. I made it all the way to the end with... Uh, I was mostly positive for that second half, though, Dando. Did you notice? Mm, yeah. I liked it. I appreciated it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thanks, man. <laughs> the smile only looked a little bit forced. <laughs> I'm, I'm having so much fun. <laughs> what did we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn for the episode, Mr. Davis? Uh, that everything in Rio is something. It certainly is. I learned that nothing beats... Like If you're looking for a good, heartfelt present for somebody, scrapbooks. Do it, man. Okay. If, if, do, I'm assuming you have pictures with yourself and Louise. Uh, that is correct. We have some. Make a scrap. Make a scrapbook. She'll love it. Mm. They love it, man. It's great. I mean, I love. I'd love. Make me a scrapbook, please. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're great gifts. But um, but we actually didn't discuss the all and all for the episode. So uh, overall, though, the episode I really enjoyed it. You not so much. I thought it was one of the more better ones. This was better than the Canadian one because in Canada they're only there for five minutes. Mm-hmm. I actually think I enjoyed this more sue me more than 30 minutes over tokyo and i know you love that episode 
I think as predicted, as we, uh, as we unpacked this episode, as we unraveled it and we uh, took a, a deep dive into Rio, I was like, okay, look, yes, there was more in here than I initially, uh, there was more that I enjoyed than I initially thought that I did. I think maybe because you said there that you don't pause the episode when you're reviewing, you just watch it through. See, I watch it through and then I go back and I pause it. Maybe because you're taking notes at the same time, you're missing shit at the same time. I may have to go about things completely differently, Dando. <laughs> I may have to re- Or just keep doing it as you're doing it. I may have to reimagine my life. I'm not going to tell Guy Davis how to review shit. <laughs> <laughs> From this day forward, your name shall be... Alrighty, it is now time for the Guy Davis New Name Championship. The current leaderboard in third position, Stephen Roberts on 10, Philip Hawkins on 11 and second, and Garode Harrowhill on 12 points atop the leaderboard. So what do we got this week, Mr. Davis? Okay, let's just go straight to uh, three, two, and one. And um, yes, people who participate in the Guy Davis New Names Challenge will know that if you throw a dough in there, it's usually, <laughs> there's a chance you'll get an honorable mention or a point. This time around, it's Jared Hornby getting a point for Rio do Janeiro. It's, it's a little obvious, but come on. It works. It works a treat. So, uh, yes, a single point to Jared Hornby for that one. Is it Hornsby or Hornby? Because I've got Hornsby here. I must have written it wrong. <laughs> I think it's Hornby. Hornby, okay. Look, we will double check that, but I'm pretty sure it's Hornby. Anyway, okay. two points to our man, Mole Man. Jordan Mole Man Richie. Jordan Richie. Is this the first time he's yeah. on the leaderboard? This, oh, first time he's on the leaderboard this season, I believe. Oh, for real. Okay, well, he's, he's thrown out a, a Stanley Kubik reference with a clockwise melons. And three points. Oh, the gold medal goes to Garou. Oh, he scoots it away from the rest of the pack here. Oh, he's streaking away, streets ahead. What is he scooted with? Brazilian dollar baby. Oh, that's very good. That's actually very good. It's not a bad title, is it? So, uh, yeah. yeah, our man Garoud, bringing the gold as usual. Uh, so, yes, three points to our man for that one. So, did he only bring one this week? He tends to bring like 20 each week. <laughs> uh, I just chose that one. I think there were one or two. I think there were one or two others that he did, but uh, I, I like that one. I thought it was good enough to get him three points. hundred uh, percent. I completely agree. Okay, so all right. So third and second has not changed. Stephen Roberts still on ten. Phil Hawkins on eleven. But Garoda is now four ahead on fifteen points. And this is episode fifteen, oh, I believe, of the season. Further down the road. There's only about six or so episodes left this season, six or seven. So you got that many weeks to catch up the four points, Phil Hawkins and the five, Stephen. And we've got Josh Hedge on nine, Nora on eight. So there's a few there that are not far behind, but it's going to be a tough way to try and knock a road off the top of the hill, I reckon, for this season. We'll see how we go. But now, Mr. Davis, we're going yes. to draw a winner of this month's prize. Before we do, by the way, as well, a little unfinished business from the previous episode. I made mention of, um, when we were talking about Tales from the Public Domain, there mm. was um, someone who wrote in and uh, described this episode as all filler, no killer. Now, I hadn't done my, uh, my due diligence at that time. I said, eh, somebody said that. Uh, I'll, tell, I'll, I'll, I'll say their name later. And I never did. But my conscience was uh, pricking away at me saying, Guy, there's someone out there who didn't get their name said on a podcast. They're probably feeling really bad about it. So let's change that this time. The person who wrote All Killer No Filler about Tales from the Public Domain was Jason Charles. Jason Charles. What a man. Jason Charles. All the way from the UK, I believe. Indeed. So, yes, props to that person. Props to Mr. Charles for, uh, yeah, 
summing up that episode so well, and I didn't want to let another episode go by without giving them their due respect. Props to you, uh, Jason Charles. We are now going to draw out this month's winner of the Four Finger Discount Patreon prize. Do you know what they're going to be winning this week, Mr. Davis? I've no idea, but please tell me. A Stonecutter Stein, officially licensed Stonecutter Stein. Whoa, I've, I've, as, as seen on, uh, on the Facebook page. Or as seen... I've got one right here. Hold right on, now. fans right there. Check out the size of this thing. It's bigger than my head. My God, and Dando's got a huge noggin. Massive melon. Yeah, you're right. So <laughs> this thing here, you see it opens up. See inside there. It's thing's absolutely enormous. And it's, I mean, I played a role in getting this thing created. So very That's near and dear to my heart. They weigh nearly two kilos. They are huge. They are heavy. They are legitimately oh. what the stonecutters would have used. And uh, we're going to draw a winner now. Got all the names in a randomizer. So put this down here. There we go. Mm-hmm. It's very heavy. You'll be very careful. Like, but these things are legit. I mean, whoever wins this is going to be very, very <laughs> excited. All right. So, got all the names there. Randomizer. Let me just click and go. Boom. Catalina's won it. Nicole Catalina Wine Mixer. Catalina Wine Mixer. Nicole Catalina Nicole. Wine Mixer. Well played. Just for being a four-figure discount patron, Nicole Catalina Wine Mixer, you have won yourself the officially licensed stone cutter mug valued at $50. Just for being a patron. So not only does she get access to all the exclusive podcasts and all the week early access to all the other podcasts we do, she just won herself a Stonecutter Stein. So thank you so much, Nicole, Catalina, for your ongoing support. Thank you to everybody who continues to be a Four Finger Discount patron. If you are listening to this and you're not yet a patron, it would be a great way to support the show and get access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts in return. Our end goal is to bring you podcasts every day. That's my end goal anyway. And for that to be a reality... We need more patrons. And I'm not asking for your money, but you know, if more people want to jump on board, if they've got a couple of dollars spare, you can be a patron for as little as $1 per month. If more of you listeners out there supported the show, I would literally quit my job and bring you podcasts each and every day. And wouldn't you want to hear Guy and Davis every... Uh, Guy and Davis. Guy and Dando, I should say, every single day of the week? I think you would. Monday through Friday, Guy and Dando, that'd be awesome. I think so. And look, Dando's not going to be the guy to ask for money. I'm going to be the guy to ask for money. Give us money. Money! Sometimes Guy just sends me a message saying, send me money. And you know what? He does it. Yeah. He says, I need $50,000. <laughs> Don't ask why. I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> um, all righty, guys. You know, I'm, I'm usually hopped up on sheep embryos, so you know, it happens. That is true. All right. It's now time for some mailbag. Jamil! Jamil is here! Ooh. All right. So first question here comes from, I haven't even read these, Mr. Davis. I'm just going to fly through a couple of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> Adam Young. I'm just glad we get a Simpsons go to X storyline where they don't just spend one act there. Okay, that's not a question, but thank you, Adam Young. <laughs> a, a, a statement is wholly acceptable in lieu yes, of a question. Definitely. Brendan R. Quinn says, What's your take on Speedos? I uh, could never pull them off, I don't think. I have fat legs. <laughs> I, I couldn't wait to pull them off because I did not like wearing them. Um, <laughs> there, there will be, um, when we had to go swimming for, uh, for sport at school, yeah, you weren't allowed to wear boardies. You had to wear sky blue speedos. No shit, um, really. And and this is during puberty, man. Some people are growing at different rates than others, and some are not. So nineteen seventies PE teachers were dangerous people. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, this was also in the nineteen eighties when you know speedo was having a bit of a resurgence. It's time once again for guy put stuff on the internet. I'm going to put on my favourite speedos ad from like nineteen eighty six. It's the most Australian thing you're ever going to see, but it's kind of like, oh, yeah, this this is what an Australian summer should be like. It's just beautiful people 
in form-fitting um, swimwear. And I'm like, I wish they could be me. It's not. I just want to wear boardies. I'm not wearing Speedos. <laughs> Guy getting out of the pool after the 100-meter freestyle at the school sports was the inspiration for, I was in the pool! I was in the pool! <laughs> <laughs> Very stanza. Very Costanza. <laughs> uh, next question is from all right, Michael Hillero, Hillario Palmer. What's your favorite kidnapped-based film? You take this one away, sir. Uh, look, I've got a couple. I did notice this question from Michael Hilario Palmer. Okay. Um, I'm a big fan of the Mel Gibson movie Ransom. Give me back my son. Give me back my son, motherfucker. What a great tagline for a commercial break. I'll just like, thing, like I mean, for an ad, you know. And they, they cut out the big M word that he uses at the end of that actual thing <laughs> in the movie. Michael is just, give me back my son. Then you watch the movie, it's like, give me back my son, motherfucker. So, hmm? Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, and uh, Ransom's a really good movie. And, and uh, yeah, one I highly recommend that um, yes, fans of good kidnapping one revisit. Uh, if you want to get a little more classical and maybe a little more uh, exotic, there's a terrific one by, um, and here's a name we've name-checked in the past, Akira Kurosawa, the legendary Japanese filmmaker. You always say it like that too. <laughs> I know. It's probably vaguely racist, but it's, uh, I like to think va- of it no, as No, not vaguely. Not vaguely. <laughs> I like to think of it as a sign of respect. <laughs> um, don't ask me to justify that. Uh, but he made a, a terrific one called High and Low, uh, the, the, um, uh, the central concept of which is um, these kidnappers think they have pinched the son of uh, this very wealthy businessman. They have, in fact, pinched the son of his chauffeur. Mm. Um, and the kidnappers don't care. They're like, well, we've got a kid. Give us some money. And, you know, the um, the businessman is like, what, I'm going to fork over money for a kid who's my chauffeur's kid? I don't know about that, but mm. there's a moral dilemma in there and there's also good crime stuff. So, yes, fine work from our friend, and I'll say it just in plain English, Akira Kurosawa. Yes, there we go. I <laughs> w- 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 Would you say Reservoir Dogs is a kidnapping film? Not a kidnapping film, but has a kidnapping scene, I guess? It has it's not really, some It's not really, it's not really kidnapping, I guess. I, well, if, you, if you're being held against your will, that's kidnapping, isn't it? So Is it? Uh well, what is it then? I think there are various sort of um, terms under the abduction label. I think kid- okay. is, kid- is kidnapping one where it's where, where ransom is involved. I oh, maybe be possibly right. Yeah, it would make sense. Yeah. yeah. So what what yeah. is that? What would you call Reservoir Dogs then? The ear scene. Oh, straight up torture. <laughs> also yeah, radical, yeah. but yeah. Um, yeah, I think that guy's been abducted. And he's more abducted, like a hostage. Abducted, that's a good one. Yeah, hostage, hostage, yeah. that's the word, of course. Hostage situation. There we go. So now we have here Josh Hedge. Either of you have ever been to Brazil? I haven't. Or would you want to go? Could you also do all the sites in 17 minutes? I would love to go to Brazil, Josh Hedge. Um, I think it would be a fantastic place. Um, I don't think I could do everything I'd want to in, what do you say, 17 minutes? Yes. No, I think I'd want to spend a little more time. Yes, I'd probably uh, embarrass myself and Australia by walking around uh, very pale and and uh, on on Copacabana Beach, probably not in speedos. Although, given the seductive nature of the place, I might give in a bit and um, end up getting a bit briefer. Mm. But probably not. <laughs> so, final question from D. L. Gorman. They say, "How would you rate this compared to Simpson Safari?" Is that that's the criterion from now on? Is it? You really made a mark with the audience with your review of that episode. It's really hit them wow. hard. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back and revisit that. So what? What's the question? Is this better than? This Simpsons? was a mile better than fucking Simpson this, Safari. This was better than Simpson Safari, certainly. Simpson yes. Safari had no plot. It was just them being in Africa. 
this at least had a reason. Oh, the one Simpson Safari, they went to Africa because Homer won the, the remember he found the old biscuit or whatever? And they had to oh, yeah, they, they had yeah. to agree to send them to Africa. But then they got yes. to Africa and it was just like they went to Africa and a bunch of stuff happened. There was no need for them to yeah. be there. <laughs> I love a bunch of stuff that happened. That's just our go-to line for yeah, yeah. an episode that's subpar. Yeah, um, this is certainly, certainly better than uh, Simpson Safari for all the reasons that Dando just stated. Uh, honest to God, I know you don't agree, but that's fine. We have a different taste. But this is probably my second favourite Simpsons go-to a said country episode, this one, besides Bart versus Australia. I've really enjoyed this one. Okay, well, you're wrong. Uh, and you go, <laughs> no, you're not. Um, look, I, I would have to think about um, the Simpsons go to various uh, places. Up to this, episode. up to this point, at least, anyway, because thirty minutes of Tokyo, I enjoy it. I don't enjoy it as much as you do, though. Okay, look, I'm even going to have to revisit that because, I mean, look, I know that I really like one joke out of that. It's one of my favourite jokes. Whether I like the whole episode is something else entirely. So I'll revisit that and we'll discuss that at a later date. Alrighty, so that is the mailbag for Blame It On Lisa. Hope you enjoyed our review. Next week is a episode that was pretty groundbreaking for the time. I remember it being a huge deal. It is oh. Weekend at Burnsies where Homer smokes marijuana. Why would I like this episode? I don't know. Why would Guy Davis like this episode? I don't know, but I really hope you do because we've had people write in saying that if Guy shits on this one, I ain't listening anymore. Whoa, wait, what? Yeah. What? You're, you're starting to affect people, man. People are like, if God doesn't like this one, I'm out. Okay, well, I'd better like it. Because <laughs> I don't want people, like, not listening. So, okay. As per my uh, the second half of uh, my review of Blame It On Lisa, our review, of course, but my take on it, um, I will try to, once again, accentuate the positive and, you know, <laughs> and, and try to keep that glass half full. Yes, I just remember this being a huge deal in the sense that Homer Simpson on drugs and they aired it at like 9.30 at night because it was rated M and it was just I remember watching it thinking I remember watching it thinking this is going to be so adult and then you get to the end of it and it's not I was expecting swearing and all this extra stuff no it was just because he was on drugs they had to air it at a later time and I remember I remember being disappointed at the end because I was expecting more but then I enjoyed the episode once I watched it knowing what I was going to be getting in the end. It's like when you go to a movie expecting it to be a blockbuster and you get Return uh, The Last Jedi. You know what I mean? No. It's, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just, yeah, it's just when you go in with high expectations, sometimes you can be a little bit left down, which is how I felt when I first watched this episode because I was like, I don't know, what was I, 13, 14, thinking I was going to see boobs and swearing and whatnot on The Simpsons because it was 9.30, adults only. And Apparently. yeah, it just wasn't very adults only. But still, Homer Smoking Marijuana, I've not revisited this one for a good decade or so. So once again, looking forward to revisiting this one. All right, Mr. Davis, that is our review of Blame It On Lisa. Guys listening, don't forget to rate and review us in the iTunes store. Thank you to everyone who has done so in the past week. Check us out five stars and leave in a few kind words. Follow us on Twitter at Four Finger Pod and Instagram at Four Finger Discount. And if you do have a few dollars and you want to support the show, help the show grow and get access to a bunch of exclusive content, get this show a week early, access into the Four Finger Discount uh, Facebook group where you can be part of the Guy Davis New Name Championship, the prize draws and so much more. You can do so for as little as $1 per month. It's patreon.com slash discount. Nicola and I have also just launched a friends podcast, the one about friends. So here at Four Finger Discount, we now have Four Finger Discount, Talking Seinfeld, Going Down to South Park, and the one about friends. Tales of Futurama is still there. Kind of. 
So yeah. And also other little bits and pieces get thrown in occasionally, we, like the Dando and Guys show. Like the movie guy, guy and Dando reviews. show, yes. yes. So yeah. the, and the movie guy is making its triumphant return as well. We've just reviewed Star Wars and New Hope since it's you know it was May, May the fourth. Also you get access. Man, you get a lot actually of being a patron. Fuck we do a lot of work for these guys. We, you also get the Skip Ahead Classics episode. So we uh, just reviewed Homie the Clown is the May Skip Ahead episode. So Guy and, uh, Guy and Dan have gone back and reviewed that one because, you know, Guy wasn't around for season 10. So as you know, okay. every few weeks or so, we, we review an older episode. And if you want to eventually wait for that one to air for free, you can do so because they're going to be airing in chronological order or you can get all of those awesome episodes like Homie the Vigilante, Homie the Clown, Bart vs. Australia, I Love Lisa, and so much more just by being a Four Finger Discount patron. Just go to patreon.com slash Four Finger Discount. Enough promoting Mr. Davis. I feel like a, sh- a shill. Do you have any final <laughs> words for these incredible listeners of ours? I do indeed. This is Four Finger Discount. It is hot, hot, hot with a 100% chance of podcasting. Shh.